Hello and welcome to the Periscope Post podcast. Today is Thursday, August 9th. I'm Linda Rodriguez McRobbie, editor in chief of Periscope Post. And I'm Archie Thomas, managing editor of Periscope Post. Each week, we will be bringing you the top stories that we are talking about on PeriscopePost.com. Um, this week, we are going to look at the Olympics, of course, because that's all anybody's talking about. We are also going to be looking at Tory MP Louise Mensch, who has decided to step down in order to spend time with her family. And we are going to be looking at Total Recall, the recent remake of the Arnold Schwarzenegger classic. Uh, but before we get into those, we're going to talk about some of the other stories we're looking at on the site including uh, an unfortunate start to the week. Uh, On Sunday, a man walked into a Sikh temple in Wisconsin and shot and killed six people before being gunned down himself by police. Uh, His name was Wade Michael Page, and he has alleged links to the white supremacist movement in the U.S. The shooting has brought into focus both the American white supremacist movement as well as the treatment of American Sikhs post 9-11. On a happier note, on late Sunday night and early Monday morning, the NASA Mars rover Curiosity touched down on Gale Crater on Mars. That is $2.6 billion worth of space and laboratory equipment. Um, It is a $2.6 billion webcam. Uh, It's already started beaming images back from Mars to Earth, and it's going to spend the next two years there investigating whether or not life could have ever lived on Mars or whether humans could potentially live there, live there in the future. Um, and what else has gone on today, Archie? Facebook is moving into online gaming with Bingo Friendsly app, which is a, a app whereby people can win real cash prizes and uh, get involved in real money gambling on Facebook. The Daily Mail and others are concerned about this given that children and teenagers use Facebook and there's concerns that they'll, they'll be losing um, money and, and developing problems with gambling via this new app. E.L. James' Fifty Shades of Grey has become the best-selling book of all time in the UK this week. It sold 5.3 million copies, 3.8 million physical books and 1.5 million e-books. Um, this stunning success of the book it means it has now moved past the Highway Code and the Da Vinci Code to be the best-selling book of all time in the UK. It's still got some distance to go to catch Harry Potter. Um, in other news, other Fifty Shades of Grey news, there's a spin-off album um, which one can listen to the album while one reads the book. It's the classical album which suggests that there may be more to come, such as the pop album, the rock album, who knows. Fans of Fifty Shades of Grey should go to the Periscope Post's Facebook page, which is at facebook.com forward slash Periscope Post, to enter a competition where they can vote on who should play Christian Grey in the movie adaptation of E.L. James's big bestseller. If you think it should be Christian Bale, he's currently in the lead, so go there to vote. Otherwise, you may want to vote for someone like Michael Fassbender or others. Anyway, check out the competition for your chance to win an iPad. So, um, the Olympics, biggest story this week. Biggest story anywhere, and uh, Team GB has had a phenomenal last couple of days. Amazing weekend. Mo Farah's win in the men's 10K. Uh, they're, you know, for such a tiny country, we are what third in the medal rankings so far. Yeah, we've absolutely exceeding expectations, pre-event expectations. We've moved to 22 golds. 
and matched what we did in Beijing, which is a tremendous um, performance so far. There was the big wins on Saturday night, as, as Linda said, Mo Farah, Jessica Ennis, and also uh, Greg Rutherford in the in the long jump. Um, also, there's been a number of wins in the, the cycling and, and the rowing. Those are a little bit more suspect, expected. Um, but Andy all, Murray beat Roger Federer at centre court Wimbledon for a gold, which was absolutely amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Team GB is, is firing in all cylinders at the moment. And uh, it's day 11, and we've already met our targets and look like we're going to continue picking up lots of medals. So home field advantage seems to be very much working for Team GB at the Olympics. So with that in mind, um, the uh, the motto of this Olympics has been inspire a generation. And I think there's a lot of conversation these days about whether Team GB's performance and the, the country's handling of the Olympics will actually succeed in that. Um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about getting kids involved in the same kind of sport that, are, are, that we're seeing uh, every day and during competition. So do you think that they're going to succeed. Do you think after this, people are really going to want to go do javelin? I think it's a, a very interesting issue, and, and everyone hopes certainly once you know the games are over and the and the razzmatazz is it's sort of quietened down, that there will be the same level of interest in sports and these niche sports such as fencing or judo, all these things that, that British athletes have done very well at. Um, I think it's important that, that, that there is a legacy and that uh, and that um, you know. The younger generation are inspired. Whether they whether they will is something that we'll we'll have to wait and see. But there are have also been cutbacks to a lot of participatory sports such as five aside that sort of thing. So while there might be um, you know lots of keen kids out there, it's just whether they have the facilities in the local town or village or, or city, and that's going to be the key thing about about driving this thought. It's not just going to be you know people seeing Jessica Ennis and then becoming Jessica Ennis. There's a lot of steps along the way. And they'll need the support, and the government will need to put money into that. And speaking of Jessica Ennis, um, there's been enough chatter the last couple of weeks as well, about or a couple of days, about how well the women are doing, both on Team GB and in general. This is the first Olympic Games in history where each nation has a female athlete represented. Christina Rodone at the, uh, the Telegraph the other day wrote an incredibly laudatory article about how wonderful it was to see women so prominent in, in this Olympic Games. Um, and, and so we're sort of looking at inspiring a generation of female athletes as well, um, in, you know, in potentially a very big way. At the same time, you also have people like Zoe Williams in The Guardian and Andrew Brown uh, at The Telegraph being a bit more squeamish about some of the more newly introduced women's sports, including judo and women's boxing. Absolutely, I think that um, you know that a lot of people like Zoe Williams like the idea of, of women being involved in sport, but then when they're actually when they, when they go to, it, they're not necessarily um, you know such a big fan. But that may just be because she didn't like boxing, whether it's a man or a woman. Um, I think one of the one of the sort of blocks to women getting involved in sport is it's it's not considered a cool thing for young girls. And hopefully, you know the wins you just spoke about and the wins for you know people such as the cyclist Joanna Trott. Um, mean that uh, you know young girls will think it's cool and rather than wanting to be on X Factor they want to be Olympians and that, that will have a knock on effect for the, for the good of the health of the nation because you know as we all know there's an obesity epidemic at the moment and it's a good thing if kids are out and running about doing a bit of sport so we don't have any more fat girls yeah, <laughs> is that right. what we're trying to get to and fat boys 
Well, it's interesting that you, you sort of put it that way because, uh, you know, one of the things that I found most frustrating about Zoe Williams, what Williams said was that she, she had gone to go see the boxing and was at first very sort of excited that, that finally women are boxing. And then when she actually saw it, the reality of it was a bit more brutal than she was expecting. And uh, Andrew Brown spoke, speaking about uh, Gemma Gibson, Gibbons' silver medal in judo was just appalled by this shocking display of naked aggression coming from this lady, and he was very worried about her soft limbs being bruised and battered. Um, what I found very frustrating about both of those comments was that it, it was sort of, yes, we want equality in sports, but kind of no, we don't, especially when it's kind of unattractive. And it seems to me to sort of relegate women and women in sports to a position of sort of, if it's pretty, you know, if it's beach volleyball, or if it's even, you know, Jessica Ennis, and, and just throwing a javelin and she looks really hot in her little bikini doing so, then it's fine. But as soon as it's something a bit more aggressive and a bit more sort of... Well, I, think that was, I think that was one of the fears before the Olympics and it's, it, you know, the, the only women's sports that people were going to be interested in were things like the synchronised swimming and the, the beach volleyball. But I think it actually has, has, has turned out that, that women are interested in, in, in women doing well in women's sport and, and, and so, so are men. And um, you know, I think that these the, the, there is a spirit of equality at these games, and the fact that just recently, thirty six percent of the TNGB's model medals were had been achieved by women is a pretty startling statistic if you look back at, at previous Olympics. Well, speaking of women, um, Tori MP Louise Mensch is now stepping down. Um, what she said is that she wants to be able to spend more time with her family, and. Can you tell me a little bit more? Where's where's she, where's her constituency? Yeah. Her constituency is in Corby, um, and she obviously spends a number of days a week there, and she spends a number of days a week in in London, um, at uh, attending the House of Parliament, and then also her her new husband is uh, manages the rock band Metallica, so and he is based in New York. So there's been quite a few um, pulls and, and pressures on on Louise Mensch. Um, to be in three places at once to some extent. She has three children from her previous marriage. So, um, yeah, she's been under an enormous amount of pressure, but it's a pressure she's, uh, you know, she's very capable of handling given that she's a, a very high-achieving lady. She's written 15 books before she entered politics and is uh, very vocal on, on social media, including Twitter. So this conversation, though, seems to be, uh, seems to be sort of popping up quite a lot, um, especially in American media as well, the question of whether women, especially sort of high-powered, high-achieving women, can really have it all. There's this sort of familiar refrain of feminism that, you know, yes, they can, and, and they can have a family, and they can have kids, and they can have uh, an amazing career, and, and do all of these things. Um, but there's there have been a, a, a number of women coming out recently and saying, actually, no, you can't. Uh, Anne-Marie Slaughter wrote in The Atlantic a couple weeks ago, she's the, the first uh, women director, female director of policy planning for the U.S. State Department. Um, she basically said that now women can't really have it all. They can't be a high-powered attorney or um, highly placed in government or things like that and raise their family. Um, she, The story evidently has really touched a chord. It's got 198,000 likes on Facebook. I think, yeah, I think that's, it's certainly... It does play into that debate which has gone on on both sides of the Atlantic. I think that's one of the reasons why Louise Mensch was very, very, very clear in her, 
in explaining her resignation that this, while she's making this decision, she's found the, the sort of superwoman, you know, MP who's also, uh, you know, looking after three kids, um, unmanageable, some women can. So she's not saying this is something that, that no one can. She's saying that her, her situation is different than other women's. So I, I think that she's, she's aware of that debate and she's, she's keen not to, to play into that, the idea that you can't have it all. She just says for her, it wasn't working and she has specific circumstances, basically due to the transatlantic nature of her relationship. Well, from Louise Mensch to girls fighting, right. um, I think, which I understand played quite significantly in the new version of Total Recall. Um, uh, that came out in the U.S. over the weekend and has not done very well, from what I understand. No, the reviews were, were pretty nasty. Um, it doesn't open here in the U.K. until 29th of August. Um, but if the U.S. response is anything to go by, it's, it's not going to find favour with the U.K. critics. Um, there seems to be um, a, a sort of divide of opinion here. Fans of the 1990s Schwarzenegger film are sort of basically appalled that they've dared the filmmakers to make a remake of, of the film that they love so much. And then others, um, a, a few more sort of sensible voices, have said, well, you know, come on, 1990 was a long time ago, and there's a younger generation who just want, you know, crash, bang, wallop, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong with remakes per se. And, you know, kids might like this, so give it a chance. But I think that is, there is a, some of the, some of the vitriol towards it is, is, you know, diehard fans of the original who just don't like the idea of it being remade full stop. But they have kept some of the more important elements of the original film, including the lady with the three boobs, which pretty much made the movie for me, I know. Um, I don't know, not for you. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, that's obviously, you know, a, a big winner with, with fans of Total Recall, and they, they, they figured they've got to leave that in there. And uh, I think that's one of the one things that the, the fans of the original are pleased about, that they have let left that in there. Well, if you go see Total Recall uh, when it comes out or have already seen it, please go to periscopepost.com and leave us a comment on our, on our review of the movie. And for those of you who, uh, who just still like the original, you'll, you'll be pleased to know that the, the original is being re-released hot on the heels of uh, Total Recall, the, this version, on September the 6th. So you can go and watch the original on the big screens if that's your, if that tickles your fancy. I'm going to rent it this weekend. I'm going to watch it. Um, so that's it for this week. And thanks for listening. And please don't forget to sub subscribe by following us on SoundCloud. And you can read more about the stories we talked about today and more at periscopepost.com. Uh, you can also keep up to date with any new stories we're doing at facebook.com forward slash periscopepost and on twitter.com forward slash Periscope post. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening.